Praise the Lord, church. Isn't it great to be here tonight? Man, I'm telling you, I couldn't think of a better place to be. To be here in the house of the Lord and be with you good people. Calling on the Lord and reminding ourselves where we're headed. What's laid up for us. What's in store for us. And praise God, we are a blessed people. We haven't the fullness of that blessing. We have not experienced, but we're going to. If uh, we'll hold on to the plow, endure to the end. Amen. There's a glorified body. There'll be a place, man, that we'll meet him. And then after a few thousand years or whatever passes by and all the other takes place, millennium, things of this nature, we'll... New city and new earth and new heavens. And man, I, you know, just what are we going to get to experience? And we won't have to worry about time. We won't have to worry about too much. I don't think about schedules or things of that nature. I don't know what God may have us to do as kings and priests, as vessels of His. And scripture talks about over cities and things of that nature. Uh, there's a lot to it. There's a lot to it, a lot, amen, to God's got in store for his people, for his disciples, and those that uh, fall in love with him and uh, his word and truth and then willing to uh, keep his commandments. Praise God. I want to be one of those about it. Amen. Got your Bibles. Turn with me to the book of Acts. We'll read just one verse in your hearing tonight. Uh, Mostly probably just laid kind of a found. I don't know really. I don't know how this is all going to unfold. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, what I just feel. And um, if I could just remember it all and bring it all out. But it would be hard to do that in the next hour. Um, but if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts 7 and 44. 7 and 44. I'm going to use this kind of as the focus verse. Kind of the um, verse to... Uh, which has been related back to. I think this is one of the most um, opportunity times for the church that uh, could be on the face of the earth. And not only tonight, but possibly what weighs out in the next few years or whatever, and how the Lord's got it all mapped out. And uh, I believe the church can become one of the most powerful. Well, I know it is. It's one of the most powerful institutes there is. But I believe, amen, the in church, amen, is going to display some of the greatest uh, uh, powers of God. Of his ability to uh, work through us, among us, and for us. And uh, I believe that tonight. So, Acts 7 and 44. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness. As he had appointed speaking unto Moses that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen. That tabernacle had to, uh, Moses had received a pattern. He had received, I believe, a visual uh, of it. And uh, that visual had probably been inscribed into his mind, heart, and spirit. And uh, no doubt others were involved that God promised that he would move on them to have the skill and the talent and ability to work with silver and gold and metals and woods and, and to help fashion the furniture and the tabernacle. Uh, it's called, it first talked about a sanctuary. It's a dwelling place. It's a place where he comes in a bowl and takes up 
man to be in fellowship with his called people. And uh, I'm going to liken this and uh, a man. Uh, the church is the tabernacle of God on earth. The church is the tabernacle of God on earth. And if there's ever been a time that the tabernacle needs to be strong. Man to stand against the storms and to stand against the own, own slots of the enemy. The snares and the tricks and all the different voices. But I'm assured in the word of God and throughout the word of God that the church is going to make it. The church is going to survive. And with God's help and God's grace, my prayers is there's going to be one in Bendale too. There's going to be a church in Bendale. A man going to be a believing church, a worshiping church, a revivalist church. We may not have done everything so perfect, and I know I haven't done everything to, amen, for everybody's ideas and opinions. I don't, I don't even have to ask that question, and uh, I failed God miserably many times. But you know what? I'm not packing up a suitcase. I'm looking, looking for a cave to crawl in. Hallelujah. But I tell you what I am doing. I'm lifting my eyes, lifting my voice, lifting my hands, calling on the Lord, searching the scriptures, and believing, you know what, God, God can help us. God can help us to be the church. We weren't born in the Brush Harbor days. We weren't born in the Moses days, but we're born for this time. Amen. And so God can equip us. He promised us in the book. He can equip us. And the church, I believe, has been equipped. Amen. When you read the writings of Paul and to the church, I believe we're the one of the most, if not the most powerful force on the face of the earth. I know you got all kind of different groups that comes up. It calls themselves one name or another. Some of them's uh, liberal. Some of them's conservative and different things of that nature. But I'm here to tell you the church, hallelujah, is even greater than the government of the United States of America. And I don't say that slightly. I don't, not at all. Amen. But the church, man, the church of the living God. I'm glad to be a part of it tonight. How about you? I'm glad to be a part of that blood bought. Amen. We're not ashamed of the blood. We're not ashamed of the name we're not ashamed of the experience we're not ashamed to speak in tongues we're not ashamed to dance and worship and shout we're not ashamed of our dress we're not ashamed of who witness who we're witnessing for i don't believe we have to compromise for him i don't think we have to exaggerate for him i believe we can just let god be god and if we'll just be honest and sincere with god and let god be god god will take care of the rest of it amen because he has the power and ability to witness and i'm telling you he has the power to witness sometimes whenever the church is not even in the right perspective with him God still do it all right love you tonight God bless you let's pray God we love you appreciate you tonight thankful again for this opportunity and I'm praying that you'd help me I'm praying that you'd help me to be humble and meek and help me to be obedient to the Holy Ghost and to the Word of God. As you quicken my mind and loose my tongue and help me to feed the most precious people on the face of the earth. Your people. People are called by your name and washed in your blood and sealed by your spirit. God, we want your hand to reach down and your voice, amen, to be heard here tonight. You'd help us to receive it into our minds and our hearts and spirit. It would gird us up. It would strengthen us. It would give us energy to run this race and to fight this fight and to finish this course. Hallelujah. To be the church of our generation. To be the church of our day. Whatever and however it may unfold through all the technology and everything else is coming, God. I'm praying for wisdom and knowledge and insight of how to respond and how to handle it. And that you would be glorified. That you would be magnified. That your will could be fulfilled in Bendale, Mississippi. All the praise and glory and honor is going to be lifted to you and to you alone. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord bless you. You may be seated. God's good to us. There's no doubt about that. And uh, no doubt God is very mentioned. He's good on a good day. Amen. Because we'd have any good days if it wasn't for God. 
The devil have it his way. All you'd be full of is torment and heartache and disappointments and destruction. In fact, if he could possibly tonight, if he could find a moment, and he, he's going to be searching for one. Amen. He's like a lion too, going but as a lion. He's not the lion, but he goes about as one. Amen. As an enemy of our soul. It's the one that wants to cause chaos and trouble. Amen. He, he's, he's upset because you were you at tonight. He doesn't like, amen, the revelation that you've got. He, don't, he doesn't want you to really believe in what you've experienced. and He doesn't want you to really believe what the Word of God and what's written in the Word of God. But you know what? There's some things he can't change. Hallelujah is big and powerful in what some people submit themselves to and give themselves over to. And he's able to operate through them through witchcraft and sorcery and things of that nature. But I'm telling you, he still can't do anything with the church. He still can't do nothing with nothing with the living God. And there's certain things such as the name of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb and, and truth and genuine faith. Amen. That just stops him in his tracks. True, genuine worship and sincerity of loving this almighty God. I'm telling you, the devil has to take his hands off of it. I'm telling you, when the glory kind moves, as your kind of presence God moves in the service, he's got the lead cow, hallelujah. He loses his influence to dominate and rule even in a service. Sometimes we got to bring it right down on personal lives. I'm just simply not going to let you dominate my life. I'm not going to let you control it. I'm going to let you manipulate my feelings, my emotions. Uh, this ain't part of it. I just, well, I'm, uh, but I'm going to let God be God. Let God gird up my mind. Let God work on my behalf and help me. Because, see, God can do for me that medicine can't do. God can do things for me, hallelujah, that nothing else on the face of this earth can do. But yet it can do everything that everything that you're looking for in the end of those needles, in the bottom of those cans. Amen. This Holy Ghost can do it. Hallelujah. And go far beyond that. Praise God. I believe, amen, this is the greatest thing that I could have ever experienced. I believe this is the greatest thing that I could have ever got involved in. I believe this is greater than ever becoming the President of the United States of America. I believe this is greater, amen, to becoming the greatest lawyer that could ever grace the, the courtrooms of America and made the billions, amen. I believe it's greater than any athlete could ever break all the world records of, a, of batting or making a ball or passing the pass. Hallelujah. I believe, amen, this is greater, amen, than, than all of Hollywood and all it has to offer and all of its glamour and glory and life and, and pleasures. Hallelujah. Because you know what? The pleasure of this world can't really match to the joy, joy unspeakable full of glory that I find in the church what I find in the church you can't find it no other place hallelujah and you know what the power of the church it doesn't matter if it's just where two or three are gathering together in his name hallelujah and call themselves the church hallelujah it still has the power and access and a table spread in the presence of the enemy that they can come and dine they can be anointed their minds can be quickened their hearts can be quickened their spirits can be quickened hallelujah and through revelation hallelujah and experience a joy hallelujah that no other substance Hallelujah can bring that joy. No other, amen, no matter what kind of securities we have, what kind of bars we put on our windows, nothing can bring the peace and security and peace in our lives like knowing that we're right with our maker and under the inspiration and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I'm telling you, the church has the power. We see it time and time again. Hallelujah, the power of this church and the demonstration of the church and the power, amen, that the church represents. The church is here to represent none other but Jesus Christ. The 
The church is nothing but the body of Jesus Christ. The church upon this earth, the church, amen, under the influence and anointing of bearing the name and washed in the blood. Hallelujah. It's dead to the world and dead to the sins of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. But alive in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. We're the only one that's got a promise of a renewing of the mind. There the world's looking for all type of substance. They're pulling all kind of tricks. They do things behind the scenes that would blow all of our minds. Trying to find youth, to find to find powers, to find to find places. But I'm telling you, you and I have tasted the greatest power that's ever going to live. You and I, amen, have been experienced and exposed. Hallelujah, the only thing that's going to hold all eternity. Hallelujah, it's not just another building on the side of the road. It's not just another group on the side of the road that's going to die the fall of the scene, honey. I beg the difference with you, honey. This church is going to live. This church is going to survive. This church is going to be victorious. This church, amen, is going to see us all, all the way through. I tell you, when the church comes alive on a wet Wednesday night, hallelujah, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, thinking such a move of God is, but it's worse than it's worth the trip. We had to crawl here on ice. It'd have been worth it. I don't, I don't make those statements being, come on, we got to use common sense. But at the same time, I'm telling you, when you get the real idea, man, the real, real understanding of the church. And when the church comes together, and when the church unifies, and when the church brings all of her talents and all of her gifts, amen, together. Man, you can't stop the church. This community can't stop this church. The devil can't stop this church. Can't stop us from having revival. Can't stop us from having a move of God. Move of the Holy Ghost. So I'm going to take just a little bit tonight. Been nice, Lord, to give me one of them photograph memories. Some of you guys, they all talk about how intelligent they are. And they quote all this. Don't ever have to bring no Bibles. Don't have to bring nothing. Well, I bring my Bible, bring five or six, seven. I got about eight sheets here, all of it scripture. Still, I have to depend on God. <laughs> but that's all right. We're going to depend on Him to help us. I know what He's put in my spirit, and we by the help of the Lord, we're going to. So, I'd like to talk about Amen for the first little while, and maybe this is as far as I'll get tonight. I don't know, Amen. But uh, I want to talk about the tabernacle itself just a little bit. I want to talk about some of the. The furniture that was in that tabernacle and what took place, what happened, amen, with certain parts, amen, the power, amen, that it represented. You and I know the scriptures well enough to know that Moses was moved upon and God told him, I want you to build a sanctuary, a place that I can come and abode, a place I could come and dwell. I want to be among my people, the people I've called out, amen. We know that call went all the way back to Abram, amen, when he heard the call and come out of the earth of the Chaldeans, an idolatry place, and Abram was willing to forsake it all. He was willing to forsake anything that his earthly father could have gave him as an inheritance. I will tell you this, amen, if you're going to get in the church, there's a couple of things that you've got to be willing to do, buy the field and willing to forsake everything in the world, because you can't love the world and love this, this truth too, and love the church and love 
of God. Two loves is not going to rule and reign and dominate. Amen. In the vessels of God. John makes that clear unto us. Love not the world, neither the things of the world. Because if the love of the Father, amen, is in you, then the love of the world cannot be. But if the love of the world is in us, then the love of the Father is not. Amen. Both loves cannot. That's kind of like the guy. Well, I, I won't go into all that. You know all that stuff that goes on this day and time. How people do. But uh, how they think. But most of them is pleasure seekers. That's all they're after. They're not after nothing that's, that's sustainable. That's a uh, amen. That's unshakable. That's unmovable. Hallelujah. I'm glad I'm built upon something tonight. Without waver in my mind, heart, and spirit. Regardless of what it looks like. What sounds like. Hallelujah. And how I even feel tonight. Hallelujah. This church is unmovable. This church is on the sure foundation. This church is built off the chief cornerstone of the doctrines of the apostles. And I'm telling you, no new, no new doctrines is going to tear it down. It may not be as big, amen, as other churches and other denominations. But I'm going to tell you what. It's the only church that's going up. It's a church that's built on the right foundation. And the gospel and the revelation of that gospel and the message of it of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name. And the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's the only church that has experienced Pentecost. Amen. And when you've experienced Pentecost with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. With the evidence of speaking in tongues as the Spirit of God gives it utterance. Hallelujah. I'm telling you there's no greater experience. Hallelujah. You're gonna, ever going to face on the face of the earth. They can take all the drugs they want to. They can drink all the booze they want to. But I'm telling you it's nothing compared. Hallelujah. To the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And walking in the comfort and the assurance of the Holy Ghost. There's no greater peace and no greater satisfaction. I'm telling you what problem reason somebody so, so uncontent in the world we're living in tonight is because of the lack of the Spirit of God and walking in the Spirit of God because that's the only pure place that you can find true contentment and true, true satisfaction. All the rest of this is like the rivers and creeks that's flowing to that gulf down. It's never going to fill it up. It's never going to satisfy it. Can't do it. There's the church. Amen's the church. If I was in a community, if I only had the opportunity to have one thing, it would be a church. If you watch even our nation, one reason it was founded becomes one of the greatest nations is because the church would be one of the first things that was instituted and built. Amen. When they begin to establish places and homestead places. How often was a church used even for education? In fact, many of them, that's how they learn how to read. It wasn't from textbooks. It was from the Bible. <laughs> Amen. The fellowship they had. Amen. A lot of times on the front porch. It wasn't because they was watching Hollywood or listening to somebody on radios. It was because they was taking the Bible and taking them old hymn books. And they was singing about the Lord. And they was reading about Jesus Christ. And they was having church on the front porches. Families would have church. In places even when they didn't even have buildings. Amen. They would still get together. And they'd join together. Amen. And they'd start praying and loving, worshiping God. And I'm going to tell you something. It's something about this God. There's there's nowhere in the mountains or nowhere in the valleys or nowhere in between when you begin to call on him and cry out to him and you begin to hunger and thirst amen after his righteousness and you begin to hunger and thirst amen about truth and sincere about truth I'm telling you God will make a way where there seems to be no way because he is the way maker you see the church becomes a way maker a way maker amen for the alcoholic a way maker for the sinner that feels like there's no hope that's not tried everything under the sun but if he failed to try one thing call the church but if you could ever get him 
to the church. If you can ever get him in the right place in the house of God. And under that power and influence of the Holy Ghost on that church service. I'm telling you, you can change his heart. It can change his mind. It can remap him. It can transform him. Nothing else, amen, every man's ever experienced can transform them. All he can do is bind them up and tangle them up. But only the church, amen, under power and influence of the Holy Ghost, the only thing it can transform us and make us a new creation. Church. One service. You can chain an alcoholic. One church. One service. You can cause a drug addict to throw him down and never want him again. One service. Demonic forces can be driven out, conquered, and never come back again. The power of the church. The power of believers. So I want to spend a little bit, a little time here tonight, and uh, we're going to look at a few scriptures. Go back all the way into some of the writings that Moses and Deuteronomies and Numbers and places like that. So we're just going to go through a few, and I'll let you out of your time. I know I realize that we may be pushing the creed even tonight. We may, my lights may go out tonight. I mean, you enjoyed that last night. I told my wife, and then when they went out, I said, "Well, it's a good thing we're not at church." About 7.15 last night. <laughs> we prepared though. If they go out, we'll be all right. Hallelujah. Praise God. I promise you. God will take care of us. Numbers 10 and 33 says, And they departed from the mount of the Lord three days journey. And the Bible says, The ark of the covenant of the Lord went before them in the three days journey. To search out a resting place for them. You're going to notice, amen, that the Israelites and Moses, after they was called out of Egypt... How that this, this tabernacle and the, the, the furniture, I guess I would call it, amen, the ark, for example, is one of the main things I'm going to talk about, probably the, the main topic here tonight. Hallelujah. How it was used often, amen, and used to represent God. That's what that ark was all about. To the unknown, to the unbelievers, and to the heathen nations that didn't know anything about this God, had never knew anything about His glory or His power, they would probably look at them coming and they would watch them as they would bear that ark. Amen. How it'd be toted upon the Levite's shoulders. And how that they was the ones, amen, and they would maybe like light of it and make fun of it. Amen. Bible talks about later on how it's called a chest. And how that uh, you're going to notice some things. And even I learned something today. I guess I may have wrote it and I read it and just didn't pay it no attention. But, but anyway, but, but the Bible goes about and he begins to talk about certain things he began to put into this ark. Things that was precious. Things that was going to mean something to the Israelite people. Things that they was going to be held accountable to. Hallelujah. And, and it's even a likeness. And it's a, a Physical, uh, uh, symbolic, amen, to you and I as the temple of God today as the church. Uh, and so as we watch this ark and we begin to see things such as written in Deuteronomy 31 and 26. Take this book of the law and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God. That it may be there for a witness against thee. I thank God for the promise that we read about in Jeremiah and the promise we read about in Ezekiel. He promised that he would do what? He would write his word. I, I haven't preached that message yet. Amen. The finger of God and his writing. We know he wrote it on tables and he wrote in sand and on walls. But how more important than all of them he promised that he would write it on the tables of our heart. Hallelujah. That we might not sin to get him is how David put it. Hallelujah. But that, that he, would, he would be 
able to work among us. And he would take out the stony heart and put in a fleshly heart. But here, amen, it's going to be as a witness, amen, against them. And it was put into this Ark of Covenant. Hebrews 94, it goes on, it talks about them. It talks about the three different things that was put inside this Ark. It talks about the golden censer, amen, and the Ark of the Covenant. And overlaid round about with gold, wherein there was a, what the golden pot of manna and Aaron's rod that budded. And the table of the covenant. We know that these three articles was put inside of this Ark of the Covenant. And this Ark of the Covenant came very important to the Israelite people. Even though there was times when they would shine it. And times they didn't handle it quite like they should have. But yet their faith in it. Because they watched the power of it. And what the power it demonstrated. And the power it manifested in their lives. Amen. When they would get in trouble. And when they would get down and out. And how true that is even today. Amen. That people that don't really. And please if anybody's listening to this. It's not a slap against anybody by no means whatsoever. Because if I was a rank sinner and outside there, and I knew some apostolic people and in trouble, that's the very people I'd call a man when I was in trouble. That's the very people I'd want to be praying for me. That's the very people I'd be crying out to. It's those that knows him by his name. It's those that I can have confidence and faith. Amen. I believe they'll give you his prayer. So don't take it that way. But I'm here to tell you tonight, this even this world, when she gets in trouble, if she knows anything about a Pentecostal, if she got anybody in a relationship, Hallelujah. They're going to call on the church. They're going to call on the church to pray, intercede, and cry out because we're in a dire need of the mercy of God and the touch of the Lord. Praise God. You know what? God help us take out the time to pray for them. Lift up our voices. Amen. That they can use it as another stone to shove under the tree when God blesses and God moves. God, God moves on their behalf and heals them. Or moves on their behalf and it makes the best of it. I'm a firm believer God can make the best of anything. Ever how he sees fit to work it out. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't ask him, he's not going to do it. And so as we watch this really begin to fall. There's another place, the ark. I'd, I'd like you to take note what it's called here in Exodus 25 and 16. 25 and 16 of Exodus says that thou shalt put into the ark the testimony which I shall give thee. The ark became a testimony. A man, a testimony of God, of who he was and what he was. A testimony. Hallelujah. Each one of you and I as the church and individual temples of the Holy Ghost, we become a testimony. We become a witness, a man of the power of God, of the grace of God, of the mercy of God. Hallelujah. We're the only ones that really have a, some of the, the only chance they're going to have is your testimony is your willingness amen to intercede and your willingness to put up the fight because you represent the greatest power there is you represent the greatest authority there is and so the only hope that some of our people and some of our neighbors got is because of you and I that's willing to intercede for them and cry out for them in fact the devil would have done eat their lunch in fact the devil amen have done drag them to a devil's hell but it's your prayers Amen. It's your interceding. It's your crying out. It's your faithfulness day in and day out to this living God. At God's hand. Amen. Keeps that enemy from gobbling him up. Amen. From the powers of darkness to overwhelm them and overpower them. I'm telling you there's a power in the church. Most people don't even realize and recognize the power and the authority in the spiritual realm that comes to the church of the living God. Recognize the benefits of it man and the difference of the outcome 
Some people, the church don't mean nothing to them but getting another light bill peeled, but another light bill paid, and getting another phone bill paid. Nothing, it don't mean nothing to them but coming by and, you know, and, but I'm, I'm glad the church more to that to me. I want to be a part of the church. I want to be a part of his kingdom. I want to be active in it. Whatever measure that might be, I, I want to be active in it. I want to be involved in it. And I sure don't want to be ashamed of it. I'm not ashamed of this. Oh, I can remember when I first took over, I had remarks of all kinds from jealousy. Some talking about we're going to let some of that stuff drift from across that road over here on us. I said, we got something better than that. We don't have to have that smoke dripping over here, buddy. We got something, hallelujah, to act. You, you make you act crazy, what that stuff will make you act. Hallelujah, why you keep a sound mind. It won't, it, won't, it won't help you to do crazy stuff. It'll help you do the right stuff. Hallelujah. It'll help you drive right and talk right and live right. It'll help you love your wife and, and love your husband. It'll help you love your family. It'll help you love your enemy. Will that do it? No, it'll pick up nine millimeters and blow people away. That's what that stuff will do. That stuff will cause you to steal from your neighbor and beat up your neighbor. Come on, hallelujah. I'd rather have a church. If I had a neighbor by me, I'd rather have them Holy Ghost filled than anything else. I'm not, I'm not being ugly or rude about that type of you, if I had to choose all my neighbors, I'd want every one of them have the Holy Ghost. I want every one of them living for God. I want to give them all. Amen. Could that be the reason America? Hallelujah. They used to tell me you'd hear the old pioneers step out of the evening time. And while it's getting dark, you hear so and so praying down in that valley. You hear so and so praying out in that barn. You hear this and praying 10 miles down the road. Hey, come on. We're still the church of the living God. I believe the church is just as powerful today. I know you're going to a little hesitant on that part. But the church is. Just up you and I, amen, to allow it to be. According to the power that worketh in you. If you don't let it work. If you just keep it bound up. You just sit on it. If you don't do anything to activate it, if you don't need to do anything to fan those, those flames, that's right. Those gifts and talents would just sit there dormant. But that doesn't mean that it wasn't there. And the power wasn't there. And that doesn't mean that God couldn't do it. It's something about the church. So you watch, amen, this, some of this as, as I, I bring it out and about the ark. Now, amen, we learned it's also can be called a ark of the testimony. It was, it, was, it was in this presence. You go to 1 Samuel, the third chapter. You can read where the, the lamp had went out. The light had went out in the temple where, where the ark of God was. This is the place, amen, that the light went out. Hey, first, you know, lights go out in a lot of places. Hallelujah. And it did last night. But you know what? It's not a time to let the light go out in the church. It's not a time, amen, to let your candle go out. Uh, I picked on Brother Andrew yesterday about it. Playing with a cigarette. And I took that. And, and, and he was talking about how weak it was. But I took it and I flipped it up. And I said, but oh, but the Bible says the light of a candle. Amen. The light of a candle. Hallelujah. If this room was complete dark as it was at 730 last night. Hallelujah. You'd be shocked of how much light that one candle could offer to every soul and every individual. Come on, hear me tonight. Every soul and every individual. That's the reason the devil's trying to put your light out. 
system. And if you listen to the devil, listen to everybody else, your light don't mean nothing. My light don't mean nothing. But it's his light through me. Hallelujah. And it, it's up to him how big it gets. But I know one thing. If I can get my candle to burn and I can get what my brother's got is burning and get my brother's ears and my sister and if we all begin to multiply and come, the greater the light's going to become. And we pull our talents together. When we pull our skills together. When we pull our callings together. I'll tell you when we pull our callings together. Hey, the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, nobody can put this light out. Nobody can overcome this church. Only way you'll ever see Ichabod on the on a church is when the church in itself, unbelief and frustration and things of that nature, begins to slowly but surely drive out. Church is born to do the driving out. Oh yeah. I can take you to the book of Acts and prove that. They go to those cities where false doctrines, demonical forces had been set up, sorceries, bewitched the people. And we had for a long time. Until a man by Philip come in. Begin to preach about Jesus. And the resurrection. All of a sudden. Demons began to be cast out. <laughs> they hadn't even got the Holy Ghost yet. Miracles and wonders and signs. The power of the church. They hadn't even got the Holy Ghost yet. The power of the church. Holy Ghost hadn't even showed up yet. Power of the church, man. They watching the blind eyes being opened. The deaf ears being unstopped. They watching devils, amen, being drive, driven out. They watching leaders of the city, amen, willing to offer money, amen, to, to buy that power. You can't buy it. You don't have enough money, enough gold or silver, amen, to get in the church. Hallelujah. I'm going to show you tonight or later on, maybe a week or so from now. Hallelujah. The only way you can get in this church, the Lord adds this church, not man, not a right hand fellowship. Only the God of the universe adds to this church. I know by the laws of the land, they want us to have names. And so they have voting rights as far as here. But the only list that's going to mount to the church of the living God is the names that only the Lamb wrote in. He, he has the only power to write it in. And thank God, he's the only one that can erase it. No one else. No one else. Psalms put it this way. Rise, O Lord, into thy rest, thou, the ark of thy strength. That's what this ark represented. A strength comfort, assurance, even unto the Israelite people. It was this ark that you read about in Joshua, the third chapter, 11 through 17. It was this ark, amen, that those Levites had to shoulder up, put on their shoulder, amen. They headed toward the promised land. They headed across a Jordan River that was out of its banks. That was impassable. There was no way to cross it. They wouldn't have bridge. Hallelujah. But you know what? Hallelujah. Whenever you start having the presence of God. And you put it on the shoulders and put it where it belongs. In your life. Hallelujah. And you begin to walk in it and by it. Hallelujah. For the glorifying of his name. For the upbuilding of his kingdom. Fulfilling of his promises. Hallelujah. Even swelling Jordan Rivers can't stop it. And it's. 
those Levites took that old ark, amen, and they began to make their way to that Jordan River. The Bible says, amen, I, the waters did depart, amen, until their feet started to enter in. But their feet never got wet. In fact, amen, this ark was so powerful and beautiful. And I mean, the Jordan River just began to set up like this. And then all of a sudden, their feet landed on not muddy waters, but they landed on dry ground. They walked in the bottom, bottom of that old Jordan River. And as long as they stood there and held that ark, honey, I'm going to tell you something. If you get anointed man of God and anointed church in your life, when you're in the valley of decision, hallelujah, the church is what can make a difference. It's anointed pastor who wants to make a difference. If you're going to cross over or not, hallelujah, somebody's got to represent the strength of anointed power of the living God. I'll tell you, they stood there and represented it. And everybody walked across on dry ground. Cause of an old box. That's the way some of them look at it. What's some old crazy people doing? That's so ridiculous. You think it's going to make sense to the world? You're kidding yourself. You think they're going to rejoice? No. I tell you what the world's trying to do. They're trying to steal from it. They sure have. They want our music. Oh, yeah. They won't. I'm going to show you in this ark. They want all the divine stuff and the splendor stuff. Just leave that commandment stuff out. Leave that separation stuff. Leave that commitment stuff. No, we want to do what we want to do until we get here. But when we get here, we're going to be like the cheerleaders. I'm not being ugly. This is Wednesday night. I, I appreciate you coming. I'm not just... I'm just telling you where we're at. I'm telling you the spirits we're wrestling against. It's trying to, trying to flood in. But I'm telling you the church. She's going to stand the test. She's a big old ship. <laughs> Man, if I could sing that song, I'd sing it right now. She's a big old ship. You just load her up. Don't worry about the mule, huh, Brother Quinn? Just load the wagon. Hallelujah. You just load up the wagon with prayer. You just load up the wagon, they made with commitment and dedication. God can handle this. Hallelujah. Why don't you petition God like you petition some other places? Why don't you make the sacrifice to God as a sacrifice that you make to go in other places to find your answer? It wasn't a fun thing. And always carry that ark. It wasn't a fun thing. And you know what? Everybody didn't get to, everybody didn't get to take down the tabernacle. Everybody didn't get to look inside. Everybody didn't get to go into the glamour part of it. In fact, if you read close enough, and I'll show you later on, amen, in the scriptures, where even the Gentiles was even further out, in the, and the rest of them a court for the Gentiles. They could never get as close as the Jews to God under this tabernacle plan. Strangers, they could come. But watch this. Read it close even here. They had to do it the way the Israelites done it. Just because they were strangers and wasn't of their flesh didn't mean they, they could come any other way. They still had to come just like the Israelites. If they wanted the favor and the blessings of God, they had to do it 
I told somebody this week, I didn't come to the church to change the church. Amen. I come to be changed. And I don't have no intentions in my mind or heart and spirit tonight to try to change the church. The church is all right. I want the church to change me. Hallelujah. To to get out of my spirit and get out of my mind and get out of my heart. What's not right and not what's not wholesome. Hallelujah. I know all the hope I got is a church because this is where I'm going to get as close to God. Hallelujah. Till I meet him in the cloud. Hallelujah. This is the heavenly places that we set together. This is the visitation. Hallelujah. You can't find no other place. You can have them others, but I'm telling you, it's nothing like the church. Not a church, amen, is walking together and united together and walking, amen, with the power and the anointing of God in it. Ain't nothing like it. It'll be the talk of the community. But you've got to remember one thing. You're also going to become the bullseye of the devil. And he's going to look for any and every opportunity to tear it down and destroy it. And so if you go back and look, you'll see, man, the ark, what it represented and what it done. You can go even not then, but even in Jericho, the first victory that's ever taken, man, by the Israelites. When you go to the sixth chapter of Joshua, it wasn't that they just marched around once for six days and seven, but they had a utensil, a piece of furniture called the ark. That went with them. They didn't go by themselves. There was a representation of a God. A God that's going to fight this battle. That's the reason don't open your mouth. Just keep your mouth shut. Amen. And we walked in that seventh time. So there's a point in time and a season. Amen. I'm telling you if there's ever been a time that we need to hear the voice of God. How and when to do things. Hallelujah. In the, in the heart of God. In the will of God. Amen. To put a bridle upon our tongues and a watchman at our door. Hallelujah. At all times. In all settings. and all situations. Because you just never know. Amen. What could happen as we walk in the power and the mercies of the God. Joshua 6 and 6 says. And Joshua the son of Nun called the priest unto him and said. Take up the ark of the covenant. And let the seven priests bear the seven trumpets of the ram and horns before the ark of the Lord. Amen. And they passed over and compassed the city and, and armed past before the ark of the Lord. Amen. It goes on the eighth verse, the latter part of it talking the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them. Hallelujah. And the armed men went before the priests and they blew the trumpets. And the reward came after the ark. They came after the ark. You're going to notice not only here, but other times they couldn't, they, they, they had to be, if you go back and, and, and I don't know if I really got it marked, but uh, I believe it's Numbers, the uh, tenth chapter, I think. Hallelujah. The ninth chapter talks about the ark and all that, but then the tenth chapter he goes in, he talks about the trumpets as we're talking about the trumpets here and they has two silver trumpets that's made out of one piece and he takes those those trumpets is how they communicated is how they would signal the whole whole people all the tribes at one time if they blew the trumpets twice they would all come and gather together if they blew only once it would be the princess that would come and if they blew the trumpet and and, and gave an alarm that means they they knew it was battle time in fact paul relates unto this this situation in likeness in 1 Corinthians 14 and 8, when he talks about the, the sound of the trumpet having a certain sound. 
And he's talking about a time when people are being used in the spiritual realms with tongues interpretation. And he's talking about a church that all they want to do is speak in tongues but, but, but edifying nobody. And so he likens, he says, you know, how would they know? It would only cause confusion if it had not been for, for the instructions that God had gave Moses and, and blowing the trumpets and the right, right timing of the trumpets and, and with the alarm with it. They wouldn't have known if they were just coming, amen, to the congregate with him or if they was coming for battle. But, but you got to have that certain sound. It's got a distinct sound. And the sound will alarm you and instruct you. And you'll know immediately what ought to be done. And so that's what he talks about in that 1 Corinthians 14 chapter. I think it's about the 8th verse or so. He relates back to these trumpets. And so we see how that these, these vessels. Now, I mentioned already, but... Let me mention again, they didn't always handle the, trump, the ark of God just probably the way they should have. And uh, to respect it, and especially under the leadership of Saul and things of that nature. Uh, but you're going to see that uh, when it, wartime, even with the Philistines, when you go to 1 Samuel, the fourth chapter, when the Philistines heard the noise. Now listen, this ark, man, there was some realized, some recognized. They, they, they would listen to what they say. When the Philistines heard the noise of the shout, they said, What meaneth the noise of this great shout in the camp of the Hebrews? They understood that the ark of the Lord was come into the camp. Listen to the enemy. God knows when the devil shows up. In fact, in fact, the demonical forces recognized Jesus when the Pharisees and Sadducees did not. When the so-called spiritual leaders of his day didn't. Jesus we know and Paul we know. But who are you? The devil knows the real church. The devil knows if we're sincere. The devil knows if we're dedicated or not in fact he'll try us too if he's ever been successful in your life he'll come back and try that avenue again if you don't ever get it sealed up God's mercy and grace and with his hand he'll come back but if you'll just keep, because see, the Bible says he can close doors that no man can close. There's some doors in my life I couldn't close. It took God to close them. There's some doors in my life I can't open. It takes God to open them. And that's true for it. But this is, again, is the power of the church. Power of the church. I'm liking the church basically tonight on just the ark and what it represents. And so when it came in, Amen. Because they had, they had lost a multitude of people here. And so they decided, the elders said, come on, let's get the ark. And, and they felt like, man, if we can just get the ark here, everything's going to be all right. If we can just get the ark to come and, and have it in our midst and have it into our presence. And so, so, so anyway, the God says, woe unto us. For who shall deliver us out of the hand of these, these mighty gods? These are the gods that smote the Egyptians with the plagues in the wilderness. And notice how the heathen always thinks. He's got, he thinks of God's many. And even responding unto this almighty. 
Almighty God. See, that was their problem a lot of time. They would never, they would recognize God, but they wouldn't ever submit or yield to Him as being the Almighty God and the only God. He's not one of the gods. Neither did this ark represent just one of the gods of the many gods. The ark represented the only mighty God, the creator, the God of the universe. And when people begin to recognize that and realize that. See, that's what the church is all about. Amen. That's who the church is. Amen. And so we, we see. She goes on, you're gonna notice that they, they took, they overcome them, they rose up, he said, fight like a man, and they they wanted to, and finally you're gonna notice that the ark even it was taken in the next chapter when it talks about the men of Ashdod. When he finally went through, and I'm not going to go through all of that. You know, you know what happened with the Emirates and you know, whatever thing, uh, all that took place, okay, about the ark. Amen. But that's one point I want to make out to you. Watch this. God didn't even have to have the Levites to fight his battle in some places. When they took that ark, amen, and set it in the presence of their God, Dagon. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to tell you something. Dagon had a problem standing up. No Levites carried him in there. In fact, Israel had failed the representation of the ark. But I'm going to tell you something about what God chooses and what he anoints and what he puts his favor on. A man to represent him. And he, he does even in this situation. When they brought that ark in there. I'm going to tell you. Dagon began to. They go in the morning time. And pick him up. And prop him back up. And, and say I, I believe you're going to make it all right. I believe Everything that's not of God. Is going to come tumbling down. Everything that's got God is blessing and favor. Approval. It's not going to survive the journey. But you can take the weakest one in the kingdom of God. And he's mightier than John the Baptist. As long as he stays in the kingdom and the calling and the election of God Almighty. That devil ain't near as big as we make him out to be. Darkness is not near as powerful as we make it out to be. Yeah, we need some T.W. Barnes that'll just roll over and say, oh, that's just you, devil. Rolls over and goes back to sleep. The power of the ark. Maybe this is, I don't know, maybe it's a little too much. I don't know. Expression on some of your faces, this is not going. But if this is not the church of the living God, I'd, I'd quit tonight. I would not come back. I would spend another minute. I wouldn't put another penny in it. I'd be done. This is that. And there's not coming another. This is that. I'm glad to be a part of it. We can know that after this episode, as you read on, you're going to see that 
20 years, the ark was abandoned, you might could say, and forsaken and left. And then we read of the time that David, and even David, in his first uh, encounter with it, and trying to get it in its right place and all. Man, he had, he had the music, had the worshipers, he had everything lined up except he tried to move the ark like the Philistines. Shame on the apostolics when we start letting the denominal world influence us how to have church. Nobody can have church like those that represents the ark. You told me I have a church. I tell you how I have church. And the Holy Ghost. Whatever the Holy Ghost beckons to do. That's church. Boohooing, crying, rollings, jumping, whatever it may be. Letting the Holy Ghost just have its way. But you know the story as well as I do how that David and him is the, had uh, tried to get it and bring it to Jerusalem, bring it back to the city there. And they tried to put it on the cart and the ox stumbled and it shook. And used, I tried to, to stay, but he just placed his hand and God smote him and killed. Instantly, spontaneously, bam. Now David has to take and they leave it at Obadiah's and for three months until finally David gets an understanding and an insight out of the Word of God and how to bring it. He brings it in. I know my time's running out, so. We just get a little idea about the art. But I want to mention one thing to you. Something that I've just, I just, I just, I never picked it up. I never uh, saw it. But later on, you're going to read in 1 Kings. It's a time of Solomon. Time, Solomon builds the temple and... Um, He's going to bring the ark. He's going to bring uh, the tablet. All of the things that was in that. Unto this temple that he has built. Out of the city of David into Jerusalem. When you go to 1 Kings 8 chapter. The priest brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord unto his place. Into the articles of the house and the most holy place. Even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the ark. And the cherubims covered the ark and the stabs thereof above. They drew out the stems, and the ends of the stems were seen out in the holy place before the oracle. And they were not seen without, and there they were unto this day. I believe it's trying to tell us they pulled them out and they put them in another place. So intention that, hey, this, the ark is not going to be moved anymore. It's going to be settled here. But it's the next verse that got my attention. I just missed it. There was nothing in the ark Save the two tables of stone. A pot of manna was gone. And Aaron's rod that had budded had disappeared. They don't even know what happened to him. Some says possibly the Philistines and them had took him. Because the heathen, the, the unbelievers, the Fakers, they just want the God to be the supplier. 
They just want the God of the miraculous. But they don't have nothing to do with his commandments. But Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to do what? You're going to keep my commandments. They're not even sure where the ark's at now. Different opinions, ideas, the guess, whatever. Who knows? As we stand here tonight, I know my time's up. We're going to preach on this topic a little more, especially from the New Testament. The church, it's not careful. Started out very powerful, very beautiful. Let me just give you an example. Brother Andrew showed me something Monday. He said, hey, I want you to look at this. Brother Williams from uh, Baton Rouge down here put out on the phone somehow or another. Anyway, he went to Brother Haywood's church. I don't know if he found that church or not. I think he did, didn't he? First pastor anyway. They have a little a room that's set up for Brother Haywood and uh, the chair and all the pastors that's ever been there. Uh, but even he said, this is not what I'll focus on. He, he went on. He starts showing the conferences they had at this church in the early 1900s. 1906 and like that. He said, I want you to notice something. He said, notice the multicolor culture. It's in these pictures. And hey, it was. It's unbelievable. And as he kept going on through and showing them, and it reached on in the 40s and the 50s, all of a sudden, there's no, not the first white person. And he says, and I told Andrew, I said, I told you. He said, because of the races and the different things, it causes disunity. And all of a sudden, we're watching this unfold take place. There's ever been a time that this church needs to pray for unity. It's now. And I mean honestly and sincerely. Not with the spirit. It's got to be. Boy, I, I tried that. But, uh, that includes your pastor. God, I want you to be the God of this church. And whatever your will is. Let it be so. Because we've got to have unity. And we've got to have the presence and the anointing of God. Or we won't survive. Or we might. But we won't be the apostolic church. Because without his presence. Without his anointing. We can't live this life. We're no match for the devil. And neither will match for the times that we're in. But with the anointing of God, the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives, we'll be victorious. And we'll be made overcomers. And there'll be a church. I believe in that. I believe in that. So if you'll just join with me again and continue to pray for revival and pray for unity in this church. From the least to the greatest, from the youngest to the oldest. The one that's had the Holy Ghost for a hundred years and that one that got it yesterday. But somehow we could unify. Somehow like his goodness and grace and mercy.
We could bond together. We could unite together. We could join together. I understand we're not going to agree in everything in every area. But I do believe the church ought to find more in agreement than in disagreement. I do believe that. It's not a time to lose our identity. It's not a time to change horses. It's not a time. It's a time to get to those old landmarks. Those old pathways. Back to some good old basics things. It brings revival. It anoints us. It brings us back. Because we can have the victory. I believe in that. We love you tonight. We appreciate you so much. appreciate you coming tonight. With the weather and the way things were going. It wouldn't, and I understand if some on that account, I understand it very well. Especially those that's driving, you know, 45 minutes, whatever. Especially from the north direction. But I do appreciate you coming, being in this service with us tonight. Hopefully something was said. Something could be uplifting. Something could put, um, you know. As much as I like ice cream, I can't live off of it. It ain't always about the hype. It's not always. Sometimes we've got to dig down and get in some meat. Got to get in some word. Amen. Got to get into place. I believe that's what God wants to do for us. So as we pray for one another, uh, it was planned for Brother Sanford to be here. There, there won't, he won't be able to. They got, a, I don't know, several inches of ice and snow. Got some more coming in, possibly another six inches tonight. And so he's not able to get out. He wants to, they're going to push that off another week. He's actually preaching for Brother Davis. He wants to come be with us one service, a couple of services. But that'll be the following week. So uh, we'll be back Sunday. The help of the Lord, the help of the Holy Ghost. Pray. Let's pray much. If you're not praying, please. I can't stress that enough. You, you just got to take out time to pray. You can't survive without praying. You can't, you can't be victorious without prayer. And uh, spend some time with God. And let God spend some time with you. Okay? If we're too busy for Him one day when you need Him. And we know God's never too busy. But He may not show up. I want Him to show up. How about you? Love you. Appreciate you. You're dismissed in the fear of the Lord. God bless you.